Talk Radio. In a letter written to Congress by 10 retired FBI agents, including former directors, assistant directors, and special agents in charge, every concern facing the American people over our invaded border was verified. Quote, The surge in numbers of single military-aged males descending upon American cities and towns is alarming and perilous. Additionally, they are not just from terror-linked regions, but from China and Russia as well, hostile adversaries of the United States with aspirations to devastate national infrastructure. For these reasons, elements of this recent surge are likely no accident or coincidence. These men are potential operators in what appears to be an accelerated and strategic penetration, a soft invasion, designed to gain internal access to a country that cannot be invaded militarily in order to inflict catastrophic damage if and when enemies deem it necessary. Well, now we know for a fact the United Nations is funding the migrant crisis. We can stop guessing. Uh, from the Center for Immigration Studies, United Nations budgets million for U.S. bound migrants in 2024. Public documents show cash handouts to help feed, transport, and house people headed for the U.S. border. You know, in a nutshell, the United Nations and its advocacy partners are planning to spread the $372 million in cash and voucher assistance and multi-purpose cash assistance to some 624,000 immigrants in transit to the United States during 2024. Does this look honestly like this would stop anybody? It's a joke. And G- Governor Abbott, for three years, have just been letting people in millions at a time, and now he's making a stand over this? Over this? That's what this is all about? I'm just trying to put it in perspective for people. That's all I'm trying to do. The truth is the truth, no matter how it looks. And that's the truth. Take a look at it one more time. This is what it's about, America, right here. This cheap wire that they can come over here and cut themselves. President Biden's threat to force Texas Governor Abbott to face the consequences should Texas not abide by the Biden administration's demand that razor wire be removed from the Texas border so that millions more non-naturalized military-aged men can flood the border to go who knows where to prepare for who knows what has so far resulted in the White House freezing new natural gas export licenses as if Biden were sanctioning a foreign enemy. Meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, World Economic Forum member and reoccurring Davos attendee, was on the other side of the world in India, opening a back door for globalization in Texas with the Texas Economic Development Corporation. Yeah, it's not a coincidence that he went to Mumbai. Keep in mind, Mumbai is, well, the beginning of the new Indo-European corridor. Just like I-69 down there in McAllen and other places down there, Brownsville, those three feeders that then go up to Detroit. Keep in mind, World Economic Forum also has a big presence in Detroit. But the bottom line is a lot of this is about trade corridors. These little fights are like swatting mosquitoes. Don't get killed in Eagle Pass. Uh, this is this is um, we got a much bigger thing going on. We've got a much bigger fish to fry. None of this makes sense. A real president following his duty wouldn't disregard our national security to the level of treason. We are sitting idly by waiting on a false flag. 
to be followed by martial law and the cancellation of the 2024 election. As you may know, I have had my insurance license in the state of California for over a decade. And when I was reviewing policies for 2024, I noticed this new exclusion. Treatment of an injury or a sickness which is due to war, declared or undeclared, riot or insurrection. This is not typical. Check this out. They actually have the camouflage clothes of the illegal aliens hanging up in the tree. So these are the illegals that don't want to get caught. These are the so-called runners. This camp that's partially funded by Pima County that is operated under the Universalist Unitarian Church out of Tucson, Arizona, is aiding and abetting cartel runners directly into Arizona. The border is an open bleeding wound slashed repeatedly by the United Nations infiltration of Agenda 2030. This is no longer clouded by speculation. This is exactly what is happening. Prepare now. John Bounder. It's Monday, January 29th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing. Welcome to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Filling in for the great Harrison Smith. His family is sick with the flu this morning, but he'll be back at it tomorrow morning. So I'll be filling in until then. Tomorrow, I will be heading to the border with a crew from InfoWars, a couple of security folks, and a camera crew. We are going to be figuring out what is going on and trying to get any story we possibly can about some of the developments going on at the border. In the meantime, there is so much news to cover. I did the Sunday Night Live show last night and was able to talk about some of these developments, but there are a couple of things that I want to reiterate. I'm going to run clip 10 here in a second about E. Jean Carroll. Obviously, there were more developments this week regarding that civil suit against President Trump for these allegations of sexual misconduct and defamation regarding his relationship or some alleged interaction with Eugene Carroll between Eugene Carroll and Donald Trump in the 90s in some department store. And it's really a he said, she said situation. And there's no evidence to support it. There's no DNA evidence. We know that the defense was denied things like witnesses, experts, and other aspects of the defense that they wanted to bring to the court in order to set up President Trump for success in proving his innocence. They were unable to because the judicial system in our country is absolutely corrupt. And so there's really no way to know for sure whether or not Trump is guilty of any of these things that he, he allegedly did. It is really a he said, she said sort of situation. So if you liked Trump going into this little controversy, then chances are you think he was probably innocent. And if you didn't like Trump going into this controversy, chances are you probably think that he was guilty. Of course, neither predisposition means that he actually is innocent or is guilty, but there is a substantial amount of character evidence, I believe, that seems to indicate that Trump is innocent. And it's not just the character evidence, but it's the circumstantial evidence as well. Because it doesn't really make sense that Donald Trump, one of the wealthiest men in the world, certainly incredibly wealthy in the 90s as a real estate mogul, doesn't make any sense that he would choose this sort of unattractive woman who happens to be a hyper-feminist and also happens to have a very widely read column as his 
victim of some sort of a sexual assault? Why would you choose somebody who is obviously going to go to the public and have a tremendous audience that is going to believe them? It just doesn't make any sense. After all of the people that Donald Trump could be with, after all of the beautiful women that he could associate with and could be intimate with, after all the beautiful women that have been in his life for decades, why is it that anybody would believe E. Jean Carroll in this particular situation? I don't want to victim blame here or suggest that just because she's less attractive than some of the other women Trump is associated with, that something bad didn't happen to her. But it just doesn't add up according to everything we know about Trump and everything we know about E. Jean Carroll. And I didn't really know much about her until this week. I was surprised with this video we're going to run where I was met. And I'm going to show you the whole video. It's, it's, it's about six minutes long. I'm going to run the whole thing because I could not believe how obviously just sort of sick and unhinged this woman is. We've seen the famous clip of her speaking with Anderson Cooper, talking about how rape is a sexual fantasy for most people. And she has a really awkward moment, of course, where she says, you're fascinating to talk to, to Anderson Cooper after she says that rape is a sex fantasy. But this is even more disturbing to me than that awkward moment with her and Anderson Cooper. This is disturbing to me because there are so many different character flaws that are just expressed in this video. The vanity, the narcissism, the self-righteousness, the hyper-feminism, even the fact that she celebrates not having any children in her 70s sort of corresponds or correlates to the depopulation agenda that the globalists are constantly propagating and promoting all over the world. And I can't really think of a single redeeming characteristic about her or a single thing about her, especially in this video, that makes me think that she's telling the truth about anything at all. Let's go ahead and run it. People read an advice column because they want to say, oh, my God, thank God that's not me. I like to stay up late, I like to sleep late, and I like to live like 90 in between. I get up around noon, and I stagger outside out the store, and I throw open my arms, and I thank God I don't have children. Then I go back in, stagger into my office, and start reading a stack of ASCII gene letters. I never thought much went on in the morning anyway. Women have facials in the morning, they have their hair done. Not me. I like getting up at noon. My personal life is fascinating. I started writing at about the age of six and a half, fed with a daily, daily diet of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. I wanted to be Ann and Abby. Hang on, I have something that explains the ASCII gene column in a perfect, perfect thing. Here I come through here. This is what I've been doing for 25 years. I'm a cheerleader. People get down and depressed and a little confused and they need help. This is what I do. I yell and I scream and I um, help them get through their difficulties. 
The secret to the advice column is I don't know anything. It's the people who've been writing to me for 25 years who taught me everything. Those are the people you can't read a stack of Eugene letters without learning more than reading Shakespeare. You want to see some old asking gene all these are asking gene asking gene asking gene i have every single letter that's ever been sent to me i have shopping bags full of actual stationery with letters this man has given his uh, wife a thirty thousand dollar engagement ring he wants her to give him a six thousand dollar watch well she did but it wasn't enough because then he wanted a rolex how she's handled this is she's had an affair with somebody at the office the questions have remained the same. They want love, they want to be a size six, they want their children to do well, they want to have a purpose in life, they want those same things. And that that has never changed. The answer is in their question. You just find out what they want to do and then you tell them to do it. I am so tormented and confused by my obsession with my ex-boyfriend from college. Here's the last line. It's been 22 years since we broke up. I understand you. She and I have a lot in common. Oh, we do not want to look at our emails. <laughs> that was a bad idea. Oh. I worry so much about the people who write in. I am so real. See these eyes? Look, look at the bags under my eyes. I worry at night when I'm in bed, because you know, a line from me can change your life. Now, whether it changes for the better or for the worse, I don't know. As you see, I have stacks of L's here and there and everywhere. I get sent one every month. Sometimes, if I'm very good, they send me two. I could not answer the questions coming into the Ask E. Jean column if I was in New York City. You can't think in New York if you're dating 16 people, which I would be doing if I were in New York. You go to the woods to find out who you are, and then you find out who you are, and you're even happier than when you came. It's wonderful. I call it the Mouse House because some very distinguished uh, mice live here. Uh, Kahneman lives in the kitchen, Tversky lives in the bedroom. This is my shed. And on that side are the books that most influenced me growing up. On the door are the list of my dogs, Marky, Fortuna de la Spunky, Heidi, Tits, Bloody, and Hepburn. The streams and the rivers were dry, and I, it so horrified me that I came out and started painting the rocks blue to indicate that there was once a river here. And then after I got done painting the rocks, I just sort of walked over here and then did that tree and then did that tree and then I did this tree. And then pretty soon I'd done this whole forest. Oh my God! What's the best piece of advice I've ever given? What a horrible question to ask an advice column. Oh my God! Hang on. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's it. That's my advice.
And I don't know what to tell you. I understand that some people are artists and some people are, are eccentric and have different sort of idiosyncrasies or details about their personality that make them seem odd. But this is someone who has sort of built a world around himself in the middle of nowhere where no one can bother her, where she surrounds herself with herself. I mean, she takes in all these animals. She names them these atrocious things that totally align with her personality. She has this shed up in her yard where she writes all of the authors or books that were great inspirations to her on the shed. She's basically built a shrine to herself in the middle of nowhere. She celebrates the fact that she has no family, she has no kids. It's probably a good thing that she has no kids. And you can just tell that there's a maniacal bend going on, almost like a manic bend going on with Eugene Carroll. And it doesn't mean that she's just abuse the judicial system with this lawfare. This, of course, all while our border is being invaded. Over 10 million since Biden took office. Over 10,000 a day crossing the border. To the point now where we're in a constitutional crisis because the state of Texas wants to protect the border. The federal government says you can't protect the border. Texas can't protect the border. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Biden administration. And now there's sort of this stand down happening between the state guard of Texas and the federal government. Where it's very possible that Joe Biden is going to invoke the Insurrection Act and try to nationalize the Texas state guard, in which case we don't really know what members of the state guard are going to do. Are they going to side with the governor? and not recognize this nationalization? Or are they going to side with the federal government? And if they don't side with the federal government, does that mean that there's going to be a hot conflict, actual physical conflict between the state of Texas and the federal government? We've got all these other states that are backing up Texas now. I believe over 25 states, if not 26 states now, have announced that they're in support of Governor Abbott and Texas and what it's doing to protect our border. Obviously, the federal government is failing to protect the border, but not only failing to protect the border, but sponsoring this invasion itself to the point where when states offer to put up barbed wire or barriers or actually enforce the laws that we have in our nation, the federal government sues those states for doing the job the federal government's supposed to be doing in the first place. And we don't really even know why. I guess we could deduce why. One theory is that the federal government is concerned about the decline of the U.S. population over the course of the 21st century. And in the event that there is a substantial decline in our population, which it looks like there's going to be if you look at the birth rates and the fertility rates in this country, then that means that there's going to be a tremendous decline in the workforce in the United States of America. So it's possible that the Democrats are trying to import that workforce because we aren't breeding it fast enough. And they're trying to do this for a sort of a long-term strategy to prop up the economy to ensure that there's actually enough people to do the labor that the economy requires as the baby boomers retire and then, of course, die. And, of course, my inclination is, all right, well, if we have a population crisis, if we have a population problem, I'm on Team Humanity. I'm with Alex Jones on this. I'm with Elon Musk on this. Why don't we encourage people to have kids, to have families? But the left knows that if we encourage the nuclear family, 
then that means people will put family before the state. That means that our population will trend conservative with the nuclear family. After all, we know that people who are Democrats in college and then get a job and then get married and then have kids are likely to become conservative as they start bringing up children of their own and paying attention to what's going on in the school system and thinking about the future of the nation and taking on sort of a more responsible mindset. So the left knows that it can't actually support or promote the nuclear family in order to solve this population problem. So the best thing they can do is just import thousands, millions actually, of Democrats into the country from all over the world through the southern border to fill that workforce void without risking losing any sort of political leverage in the country. And the crazy thing about it is, while our Republican governors send these migrants all over the country, it looks as if they are doing these Republican states a service. When Abbott sends these migrants to New York City or San Francisco or whatever sanctuary cities they're being sent to, it's like, oh, great, yeah, you're getting them out of Texas. But the problem is, when we send these Democrats, these migrants, to these Democratic states— they get counted in the census in the Democratic states, and the more people you have in your state, the more representatives you get in the House of Representatives. It's based on the census. The more electoral votes you get in the Electoral College. So by sending them to all these sanctuary cities, we're actually increasing Democratic representation in the House of Representatives of the United States government. So they're importing them. They don't care whether or not they flip swing states They just know that they're going to guarantee their long-term representation in the House of Representatives, and they're going to guarantee their leverage in the Electoral College over time, even if we send them to these sanctuary cities. That's why they don't care. They just import them by 10,000 a day, at least 10,000 a day. Some people estimate that over 22 million people in this country right now are illegal migrants. A tremendous number. And so that would explain why the Democrats are not only failing to protect the border, but actually sponsoring this invasion because they know that they're ensuring the political power and leverage and weight of the Democratic Party throughout the entire 21st century. Now, the intelligence community doesn't seem to care. Obviously, they're supposed to care. They're supposed to be concerned with things like national security. And having the border wide open is a tremendous security vulnerability, right? But they seem to be totally fine with allowing this to happen, with supporting this invasion, with denying that it's even a problem to begin with. And the reason I think is because they want a terrorist attack to happen in the United States. Because terrorist attacks are how we get involved as a nation explicitly in conflicts overseas. When funding the war in Ukraine isn't enough, when funding Israel isn't enough, when funding the defense of Taiwan isn't enough, and we actually want boots on the ground, we need some sort of catalyst to justify that intervention. You go back to World War II, we saw the same thing happen with Pearl Harbor. You go to Vietnam, saw the same thing happen, false flag operations. You go to the wars that we had over the last 20 years in the Middle East, 9-11, they knew it was coming. They allowed it to happen. Alex Jones predicted it on March 6th of 2001 that a plane would fly into the World Trade Center. In July, the same year, he predicted that they were going to blame it on Osama bin Laden. Both things came true. If Alex Jones knew, the government knew that it was coming. It was an inside job, or at least allowed to happen. 
And it was because we wanted, not we, but the intelligence community, wanted the United States involved in the Middle East so that we could protect the dollar as the global reserve currency. And right now, as we face this economic crisis, as we hear these conversations coming up from the likes of the United Nations or NATO or the World Economic Forum or the central bankers about the importance of implementing this centralized digital currency, this new system, this great reset, this social credit score, this new type of money where we can track everything and control everything. As we hear this conversation arise, that there's this need for this major global economic reset where there's this just sort of new surveillance currency implemented across the entire face of the planet, apparently in the name of the most vulnerable, though I don't see how it could help them. As we see this conversation about a new currency continue to gain momentum, we see the United States closer and closer to engaging in World War III. It's not a coincidence. Basically, every war that we've been in, in my opinion, since the onset of the Federal Reserve at the beginning of the 20th century has been for the purpose of protecting the dollar's status in the global economy. And we find excuses to get into these conflicts so that we can protect the way that oil's traded. Yeah, we don't steal the oil. We don't need to steal the oil. We just have to make sure that the oil is traded in dollars. That's why when we went to Iraq, we didn't actually take any of the oil. People are like, oh, we didn't steal the oil. Yeah, but we still went there because of the oil. That's how it works, folks. We're going to go to a quick break and cover more news on the other side. In the meantime, go to InfoWarsStore.com and supercharge your body's defenses with these incredible new sales. 40% off DNA Force Plus and 40% off the Real Red Pill Plus. 50% off if you get them together. Check it out at InfoWarsStore.com right now. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves, unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people. We don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. of America's governors now backing Texas Governor Greg Abbott in his battle with the Biden administration over securing the border. They are all Republican. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is among them. Uh, she is at the border today in Eagle Pass, and she calls it a war zone. Governor, great of you to join us. We appreciate it. You say that you are proud of what Texas is doing. Tell us why. 
I am. I'm incredibly proud of Texas and the actions that they're taking. They're protecting their state sovereignty. Listen, this is Texas land. Shelby Park belongs to the state of Texas. It's a part of the United States of America, and the president is refusing to defend it from an invasion. So today was the deadline that President Biden gave Texas to uh, that they were going to start cutting down some of the razor wire. There has been uh, none of that happening here today. But I, as the governor of South Dakota, see the effects of Joe Biden ignoring federal law and allowing this invasion every single day in my home state. Uh, the funneling of the human trafficking and the drugs comes across this border, comes into my state through my tribal reservations. It devastates my people. That's why I'm proud to stand with Governor Abbott and uh, his people here that are working to keep America safe. Do you worry, Governor, that Texas might be seen as defying the Supreme Court, defying the federal government, especially when Republicans mainly support the makeup of this Supreme Court? You know, it's interesting, the decision that came out of the Supreme Court, they talked about the fact that Biden could take down concertina wire, a razor wire. Uh, Texas will put it back up. Uh, I think there'll be other legal challenges, but I'm proud of the fact that this state and 25 other governors are standing and declaring and protecting our state sovereignty. Uh, Texas and those 13 original colonies would have never signed the treaty that formed the first constitution of the United States if they didn't think that their right to protect themselves and defend their own people was protected. Uh, so what Joe Biden is doing is threatening our state sovereignty. And if he does federalize the National Guard, the Texas National Guard, that'll be unprecedented. That is actually yep. activating federal guard to and telling them to stand down and not protect the United States. I don't think we've ever had soldiers activated and told that they were being activated so that they would not protect and defend the United States of America. So we're in unprecedented yep. times, and I'm incredibly proud of the men and women that are here on this border today, making sure that they're trying to slow down this invasion. Yeah, I'm gonna, I want to put these uh, full screens up. These are Fox News voter analysis from Iowa and New Hampshire. I know you can't see them. It simply says that immigration is the number one issue in both of those, Governor. And now, of course, you have the Biden administration saying that it's Republicans who don't want the border secure because they want to run on this. Do you believe that Congress can fix this mess down there? We need leadership. You know, leadership has consequences. So Congress could, but if you have a president that ignores federal law, uh, you know, no law that Congress passes will have, be effective then. You have to have a president in the White House that respects federal law and respects immigration law and wants law and order. What Joe Biden is doing is fundamentally remaking America. If you want to see what America will look like in another year, another two years of Joe Biden's administration, look to Europe. Look at what's happened yeah. there and the devastation that they're enduring. Will it never be the same? And, and my question is, is if we don't stand now, if we don't defend our border and protect our country right now, yep. um, where will we go? If they, we allow them to remake America, what other country is better? Uh, why not stand here and protect and defend this country right now and, and fix what is broken? And what's broken right now is Joe Biden. And finally, Governor, you're in the middle of the screen. On the right-hand side of the screen, we're showing all the razor wire against the Rio Grande. And I'm wondering, yesterday you said that you would bring razor wire to, Greg, to Governor mm -hmm. Greg Abbott. Did you bring razor wire down with you? Not today, but we do have some ready to go if they need it. And uh, I have told him that himself today. So, yes, we have plenty, and we'll bring the trucks down myself if we need to. Uh, Governor, thank you for your time. We know you're busy down there. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Sean Hannity here. So hey, fascinating quick... developments there. Obviously, the Biden administration could fix this problem immediately. There's a reason that there's a total fluctuation in terms of 
the problem at the border from administration to administration. It was a disaster under Obama. It was cool under Trump. Now it's a disaster again under Biden, Obama 2.0. And it's because the White House, the executive branch, President of the United States, has a lot of sway over how our border policies are executed. And they're acting like it's because they're trying to negotiate with Republicans aid for Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan. And they're blaming Republicans for the crisis at the border because they're tying any sort of a border solution to the demand that Republicans fund these overseas wars that we've been against for basically ever since they started. And it's just so screwed up that of all the things to earmark, of all the policies to leverage, of all the blackmail in politics and just leverage and coercion and manipulation and Machiavellianism, it is so screwed up that the Democrats have decided that they are going to open the border wide open, make the American people as vulnerable as possible to literally anyone from all over the world just coming across in order to pressure Republicans in leadership to fund Nazis in Ukraine or to fund Israel against Hamas or to fund defenses for Taiwan against a potential annexation by China. So this isn't just some normal sort of blackmail. This isn't some normal sort of political leverage or earmarking or tit for tat or quid pro quo. This is the Democrats literally saying we will make the American people as vulnerable as possible to terrorism, to the cartel, to human trafficking, to all the crimes associated with the wide open border until Republicans take the taxpayer money and give it to our foreign so-called allies. That's how screwed up this is. And we know that DeSantis, excuse me, we know that Biden could take care of this right away. I'm going to show this clip of DeSantis. That's why I said his name. We're going to run clip 19 here in a second. But Biden has no intention to close the border, and even if he did, it's too late. Plus, he doesn't need Republicans to pass this legislation in order for him to do what he's got to do at the border. He could just call it an emergency and solve the problem. Let's go ahead and run 19. This border deal is a farce. Joe Biden already has the authority to shut the border down. He could declare it a national emergency. He could stop the invasion cold if he wanted to. He does not want to. He wants to let people in, and we know that there are people from all over the world that have come in illegally. We know from hostile countries. We know it's weakened the United States. It's also destroying this nation's sovereignty. Now, this so-called deal uh, purports to give him tools so that he could actually close the border. The reality is, is it's green lighting up to 5,000 illegals every single day. That's 1.8 million plus uh, over the course of a year, which they're codifying into law as saying that's an appropriate number of illegal entries. I think the appropriate number of illegal entries is zero. 
And our policy should reflect that, that we do not want people coming to this country illegally. We should not be giving benefits and work permits to people that have come to this country illegally. So Biden has the authority. Uh, he doesn't have the will. Uh, he doesn't have the political uh, philosophy to want to wanna actually solve the problem. Meanwhile, the country continues to get weaker uh, and the problem is gonna continue to persist. So this is a question of leadership. It's a question of will, uh, but to codify 1.8 million illegal entries every year with a piece of legislation, uh, I think would make the problem worse. I think it would incentivize people to keep coming to this country illegally. And we should not have anybody coming to this country illegally if we're doing our jobs right. We're going to get more into it after this break. In the meantime, visit InfoWarsStore.com because there's no better time to make sure that you're boosting your natural systems and getting your essential vitamins, minerals, and nutrients than now. In this time of need, it's especially crucial that we're giving our bodies what they need to function at optimum health. And with the brand new sales available at InfoWarsStore.com, we're making it easier than ever for you to do so. Check them out today at InfoWarsStore.com to save 50% and supercharge your body's defenses today. And remember, your purchase of these products is a 360 win. You get super high quality items and you help launch the InfoWars to the next level. Check it out at InfoWarsStore.com right now and be the reason we are still on the air. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Filling in for the great Harrison Smith. He'll be back tomorrow. Got a sick family today. 
So we've been talking about the border, this issue at the border. We started out with Eugene Carroll and how it's a distraction and how the real criminals are the Democrats. And we talked about the real reason why they're allowing this to happen. And it's, it's sort of two-faced. It's, the first part of it is because they want to bring as many of these migrants into the country as possible, send them to Democratic states so that these Democratic states, whenever there's a census, will have an increased number of representatives in the House of Representatives, and they'll also get a disproportionate representation in the Electoral College this way. That's the first reason. Second reason is because the intelligence community wants a terrorist attack to happen so they can use it as an excuse to get us involved in World War III. And we know that they're preparing for World War III for a number of different reasons. All we have to do is connect the dots. And I'll just start here. Struggling to meet recruiting goals, the U.S. Navy says high school diploma is no longer needed. The Navy was one of three branches of the U.S. Armed Forces to announce they failed to meet their recruiting target last year. It's the latest branch of the United States Armed Forces to lower its recruitment standards after struggling to meet its yearly goals. So remember, they kicked everybody out of the military who refused to get the vaccine. Then they backpedaled and they reached out to all those who were kicked out and said, you can come back. Now they're advertising to new recruits that they won't have to be vaccinated for COVID at all. Now they're advertising to new recruits all sorts of genders and sexualities and orientations are welcome. And for some reason, even though we aren't at war, our military is frantically trying to recruit as many people as possible. It's almost like they think we're going to be in war soon. And you take this recruiting sort of panic that's going on in the military and you pair it with this news that the largest ever NATO exercise to rehearse Russian attack on Europe is happening right under our noses. Now, when Alex posted about this, I believe this was a couple of weeks ago that he first mentioned this exercise. It got community noted on X. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I don't know if the crew noticed that. I think he briefly mentioned it on, on air. And yes, it's true that there are exercises with NATO annually. And the community notes basically said this is an annual exercise. But what they totally disregard is that this is a record size and the nature of the exercise is a Russian attack on Europe. I mean, look at this. A massive NATO military exercise slated to run all the way through the end of May has kicked off. Exercise Steadfast Defender 24 is being hailed as the largest NATO exercise since the Cold War. Some 90,000 troops from all 31 member states will take part. Also... This next part's important. I, I normally try not to read the entire article, but I want to read this next part. Also, Sweden, which is on the cusp of formally entering the alliance after Turkish parliament belatedly signed off, is expected to send troops and equipment. The alliance will demonstrate its ability to reinforce the Euro-Atlantic area via transatlantic movement of forces from North America, NATO statement said. Now, keep in mind that when Sweden was discussing joining NATO, of course, Sweden being a notoriously sort of a famously neutral nation when sweden announced that it would be joining i believe its defense minister said we are on the brink of war with russia we is in sweden and that once it joins nato which i believe is scheduled for july that the swedes need to be prepared for a conflict with russia so nato is nato is expanding its members because it is sort of bracing for this war with russia 
And I don't know why NATO thinks, and I don't know why the Biden Biden administration thinks that Russia wants to invade all of Europe. It just doesn't make sense that they would want to do that. After all, they want Europe to be their customer. I believe 71% of Russia's economy is based off of natural gas energy exports. And so it makes sense that they would want to take Ukraine or that they would want to take a portion of Ukraine so they could control exports from Russia to Europe without having to interact with NATO directly. But it doesn't make any sense that they would want to invade Poland or England or Germany. Why would they want to do that? It, It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever that they would want to expand all the way into Europe. And then furthermore, on top of that, even if they did want to conquer Europe, even if Russia seriously had as part of its strategy over the next several years to just occupy and conquer all of Europe, like some war from 500 years ago or something, can you think of a single problem that Europe has now that wouldn't be solved? I mean, when I'm thinking about this, I'm hearing these leaders on the left say, we have to stop Russia now by supporting Ukraine, because if we don't stop Russia now, then they're going to invade Europe. As if Russia invading Europe is a bad thing. I mean, at first it sounds terrible. Oh, gosh, we can't have a European occupation. That's like World War II all over again. These poor people, my my kin, Western civilization. But then I look at footage of Europe and all I see are radical extremist Islamists in the streets shouting Aloha Akbar, praying at the same time. And they're migrants. They're not even from there. And nobody seems to recognize the cities that they grew up in. I mean, there's countless viral clips of Ireland or Scotland or London going around asking people what they think about the city that they're in now and that they grew up in and how different it is. And you can just see the natives, the Europeans, are distraught over the amount of change that's happened because since they joined the European Union, they've had to take all these migrants and all these refugees. And so I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't I rather see Europe occupied by Russian Orthodox Christians than radical extremist Islamic terrorist sympathizers. And so when I hear the Nikki Haley's or the Joe Biden's come out and say, we have to stop Russia now, otherwise they're going to occupy Europe. I'm thinking, what problem does Europe have that wouldn't be solved by a Russian occupation? And we're talking about a basically neo-capitalist country. It's not a communist country anymore. It's got Christian values. It doesn't give into any of this sort of, sort of cultural Marxism that we're experiencing here, this wokeness that we're experiencing here, this critical theory that we're experiencing here in the United States or in Europe. It doesn't deal with this radical extremist Islamic sort of philosophy. It doesn't cope with that. Russia actually believes in something called national sovereignty, obviously, because it's not allowing itself to be bullied by NATO. And it shouldn't. And we shouldn't allow ourselves to be bullied by NATO or any of these other globalist organizations that we're a part of as the United States of America. I mean, it's really harmed us and our people over the course of the last 50 years that we've been involved in these organizations and sold out to the World Economic Forums and the NATOs and the UNs of the world. And so... First of all, it's not going to happen. I don't think Russia has any intention or desire to occupy or conquer all of Europe. 
But second of all, even if it did happen, wouldn't that make Europe a better place? I mean, I know it sounds a little ass, and obviously I don't want this sort of European invasion to occur. A lot of innocent people would die. There would be rape and murder and bombings and destruction and historical buildings. I mean, it would be, it's tragic. All war is tragic. But what I'm seeing happen in Europe now is also tragic. I mean, this is a culture that has basically sacrificed itself. It has committed suicide for the sake of these sort of refugees and these migrants that absolutely hate it. In this act of just perpetual self-loathing, it's destroyed itself. Western civilization has committed suicide in Europe for the sake of inferior cultures, inferior philosophies, and inferior theologies. It's as simple as that. So we're recruiting like crazy. And NATO's doing these exercises like crazy because they want a war with Russia, not because Russia's actually going to instigate this war. And they're getting as many people involved in NATO as possible because ultimately they want to ensure that Ukraine wins this war. And they know that the only way Ukraine can win this war is if every other nation puts soldiers in Ukraine to physically fight the Russians. So Russia is not going to start World War III by invading beyond Ukraine NATO is going to start World War III by getting involved directly in Ukraine with every nation to prevent Russia from winning the war. Because the international community is absolutely terrified at the notion of a Russian victory in Ukraine. They are terrified because they don't know who's going to lead Russia after Putin, they don't know who's going to be in control of perhaps the largest nuclear arsenal in the world after Putin. And that's why they wanted Ukraine in NATO. That's why they want as much leverage over Russia as possible economically, militaristically. Because they want to ensure that whether there's a nut job or not, who leads Russia next, they can control that person. More on the other side, folks. Stick with us. Twenty-nine years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate. And we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. On Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that the Biden administration is legally allowed to open the border by force to cut down razor wire along the Rio Grande sector of the U.S. Mexico border in Texas. 
the usual suspects voted for this, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Kentaji Brown-Jackson, but they were joined by so-called conservative justices John Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett. So in response to this ruling, which shocked many, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, drafted a letter, not simply to the administration, but to the world. And here's part of what it says. Under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is more than the population of 33 different states in this country. This illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people all across the United States. Abbott goes on to say the state of Texas has the authority under the Constitution to, quote, protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land, and it supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. And then, following very quickly, 25 other states with Republican governors signed a letter pledging their support to Texas and its constitutional right to defend itself and this country. Those states include Ohio, Florida, Utah, Nevada, and many others. And then the Biden administration responded. The administration threatened these states, and particularly Texas, with a, quote, 24-hour deadline to allow Border Patrol to reopen the border and to take down the barbed wire. Clearly a collision course. What happens next? We're thankful to be joined now by Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, who joins us by phone from India. Governor Abbott, thank you so much for joining us. If the administration declares that it plans to federalize the National Guard of the state of Texas, your National Guard, what will be your response? Well, first, I'll be shocked. That would be a boneheaded move on his part, a total disaster. Uh, but for one, as you might imagine, we are prepared uh, in the event that that unlikely event does occur to, to make sure that we will be able to continue exactly what we've been doing over the past month, and that is uh, building these barriers, uh, and whether it be the Constantino wire or other uh, anti-climb border barriers, whatever we've been building, the Biden administration uh, is now trying to attack us because of it. Uh, and we will continue to do exactly what we're doing to expand our denial of illegal entry into the state of Texas. With state employees, I assume, not with National Guard. But w can you envision a scenario in which you would put armed state employees on the border instead of the National Guard of Texas? We do have other armed state employees on the border as we speak right this minute, and that's the Texas Department of Public Safety, as well as other law enforcement officers, as well as National Guard from other states. And you can be assured there will be more National Guard from other states and more law enforcement officers within the state of Texas and other states. And, Tucker, I just signed a law, a new law in the state of Texas that will go into effect on March the 5th that authorizes any law enforcement officer in the state of Texas to be able to arrest anybody coming across the border illegally. Have you spoken to the president or anyone from the Biden White House about what appears to be uh, an imminent collision? I have not, to be clear. Uh, I have spoken to the president about the border. Uh, I met him on a tarmac in El Paso and talked to him directly about what was going on. I handed him a letter that had in it immediate solutions he could take that would immediately secure the border without the need of any new law to be passed. Despite the fact that I handed him uh, on altogether eight different letters, he has refused to ever respond. My point in telling you that we have laid down the precursor of what's called Article Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution to show that uh, we have been invaded and we have demanded support from the president to safeguard our state, and they have refused to do so eight times, and that authorized me to, uh, uh, to declare 
an invasion under Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution to make sure that Texas is going to be able to use every tool in our arsenal to defend our state. Uh, of the couple of dozen Republican-led states who've pledged support All right, folks, for you. We're going to get more into this border story after this short one-minute break. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and check out the awesome deals that we have going on. Great products in stock that will supercharge your body's defenses this winter at InfoWarsStore.com. Stick with us. More on the other side. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Crazy things happen and the border is wide open because our government wants us to be invaded and they want us to go to World War III because our corruption has tied knots in our foreign policy point where we have to cover one lie with another lie and eventually one war with another war and it seems perpetual but people are waking up because this network and others and other voices are telling the truth and there is actually a great awakening happening i highly recommend you check out the book the great awakening by alex jones it's a fantastic piece on what's happening and what is to come i think in the next several years regardless of the outcome of this election in the fall But we see that people are waking up. We see that the Elon Musks are waking up, that the Joe Rogans are waking up, that the Tucker Carlsons are waking up. Not that any of them were ever terrible people to begin with or anything like that, but there's an awareness of the level of corruption at the highest levels of world government and all the major superpowers. And this awareness is not because of any single expose. It's not because of any single document or news story that's broken, but it's because everyone, regardless of their political persuasion, has been lied to so many times by the establishment media, by the establishment intelligence community, the establishment political class, one way or the other, they've been lied to so many times that Even though as a people and as a culture, we don't realize necessarily where to go for the truth or what the truth is, we do now know as a species, as team humanity, who the liars are. And it's encouraging because I see this report here. WHO chief admits that info warriors are hindering the new world order agenda. We're going to run clip number 23 here in a second. So I can show you the director general of the World Health Organization recently complained to his globalist colleagues because they are losing the information war. The WHO chief said their goal of achieving security and equity for people around the world is not easy due to fake news, lies and conspiracy theories. Let's check out what he says here in this clip. But if the final products do not change the status quo, and if they do not help to ensure collective security and equity, then we will have missed our chance to make history. This work is not easy. And it's occurring in a very difficult environment. The IMB and the IHR working group are operating amid a torrent of fake news, lies, and conspiracy theories. 
There are those who claim that the pandemic agreement and IHR will cede sovereignty to WHO and give the WHO Secretariat the power to impose lockdowns or vaccine mandates on countries. You know this is fake news, lies and conspiracy theories. You know these claims are completely false. You know that the agreement will give WHO no, no such powers because you are writing it. We cannot allow this historic agreement, this milestone in global health to be sabotaged by those who spread lies, either deliberately or unknowingly. We need your support to counter these lies by speaking up at home and telling your citizens that this agreement and an amended IHR will not and cannot cede sovereignty to WHO and that it belongs to the member states. The reality is quite the opposite. You're safeguarding national sovereignty while strengthening global health security. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. It's not a zero-sum game. The agreement is negotiated <coughs> by countries, for countries, and will be implemented in countries. In accordance so with he's coming out and criticizing national. the conspiracy theorists and fake news advocates and proponents for spreading doubt about the legitimacy or credibility or honesty of the WHO and whether or not some of their new policies that they've been talking about, specifically around disease acts, would actually give the WHO the power to enforce lockdowns and things of that nature on the world. Well, it strikes me very funny because the whole world basically did whatever the WHO said during the last pandemic. So they already kind of seem to have that power. So to say that they don't have that power coming into this new pandemic that they're planning and coordinating seems to be really a mischaracterization of how this is going to play out. And the reason I wanted to show that is not only because it's fascinating, but also because when they're talking about fake news, when they're talking about these conspiracy theories, they're talking about MAGA Republicans. And when they're talking about MAGA Republicans, they're not talking about people who support Trump. Yes, MAGA Republicans support Trump, but they're afraid of you for more than the reason of supporting Trump or voting for Trump. They're afraid of MAGA because they're afraid of America first. America first is populist and it is a national sovereignty movement. Globalists hate nothing more than national sovereignty because globalism is the antithesis of national sovereignty. They want every nation to sacrifice its own sovereignty for this globalist government into this one world, new world order. And part of that is things like sacrificing or giving up your rights as a nation in accordance with whatever the WHO says or the WEF says or the UN says or NATO says or the European Union says. They are trying to conglomerate power and that's why they hate MAGA Republicans so much. They say MAGA Republicans are domestic terrorists or that we're the greatest threat to national security or that we're some sort of just bigoted evil movement and that we're supporting this radical candidate. And really the reason they hate MAGA Republicans so much is because MAGA Republicans 
believe that America should be put first by American leaders, just as all leaders of every nation should put their own people first. It's an anti-globalist movement, and that's why they hate it. That brings me to Tucker Carlson. I want to show you this clip. This is clip three. Tucker was in Canada. He received a lot of flack for this interaction. But I want to show you this clip because after we watch this, we're going to watch the response to it from these leftist globalists in the Canadian government. And I want you to pay very close attention to their response. Let's start with clip three, please. If you know much about Stevie Kibo, I don't know if I've heard him. I'm wanting to learn less. Just <laughs> look what I, well, I, I find so offensive. I mean, you talk about uh, uh, the disrespect to our province. This is a guy who is an environmental advocate. He's best known for stealing the CN Tower in opposition to fossil fuels when he was working as an environmental advocate. But he also scaled the house of our premier. Well, I the engineer. He said, maybe he'd be better at that. But imagine that. Imagine somebody going and taking a criminal offense, going onto the race of a premier, that they make that person in charge, trying to dictate to us how to pull our resources out of the ground, how to manage our natural resources, how to, how to manage our electricity grid. That's what Justin Trudeau has done. So I'm trying to get him fired, but we'd love her hell lot out there. Okay, so she admits that she's trying to get this Stephen Gobelt guy fired from the Canadian government. And they respond to this interaction with, with her and Tucker that we just watched in clip four. Let's watch clip four. Pay very close attention to how they characterize Tucker, how they characterize MAGA Republicans, and how they just immediately sort of create this straw man and go straight for an ad hominem attack. So they, they, they make it about something it's not about, and then they attack the character of this political movement character of the individuals within this movement instead of addressing any of the issues at all i mean the issue is about this climate czar person this this the, the climate change hoax issue going on and they don't even talk about that at all let's watch clip four so uh, we're here i'm here with my colleagues liberal caucus members ministers all to talk about what happened last night in edmonton when the premier of the province of alberta daniel smith invites tucker carlson right into the heart of my writing you can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep and i have knocked those doors in Edmonton Centre. And I know how progressive a riding Edmonton Centre is. I've represented it since 2015. And for Danielle Smith to bring the mouthpiece of the mega conservative far right to Edmonton Centre to spew hate about LGBTQ2 people is beyond the pale. It's deplorable and we won't stand for it. And I can tell you it is completely unacceptable for the Premier of any province to say that she wants to put a target on the back of any Canadian politician and my friend and colleague Stephen Gilbo simply for doing his job. You can have respectful discourse in this country, you can raise the issue, you can bang your fist on a table at a FedProv meeting, that's all legit. But you do not summon the dogs of mega conservatism to come and somehow scare, try to scare us and to try to incite violence against politicians of any stripe. It's not acceptable and if she would take her job seriously, she actually be focused on housing, on climate change, on actually solving the issues of Albertans, like forgetting her ridiculous proposal on CPP, instead of trying to summon uh, evil forces from the United States to try to take on one of our Evil causes. forces from the, the United States. I think the minister also said this in French. What is the violence that they are bringing to Canada? What is the political violence that you're talking about? Just to be very clear. Well, to put, to, to put a, a target on, on someone's back, for example, 
to name what about, the evil, to put what someone the in evil crosshairs. That you say they're bringing here. I mean, uh, spewing hate speech about LGBTQ people, trying to bring the kind of division that they have in the United States, north of the border. Um, MAGA-style conservatism has no place in Canada, and it's trying to reach into through our borders. And as Minister Rodriguez has said, conservative premiers, instead of doing their jobs, are trying to invite this wave of populism. And I can tell you, it's making newcomers nervous and fearful. People in the LGBTQ2 community do not feel safe. We have people who want to run for office that take a look at what happened last night in Edmonton and say, why bother? And that is not good for the political commons, and it's not good for Canadian democracy. <laughs> So they're saying this, and that they think this LGBTQ thing is ridiculous and bad for our kids. I've, I've heard all those criticisms. I, I've stated those criticisms, but I've never once heard someone say, hey, you see somebody out there who's trans, you should beat them up. They should be beaten. I've never, ever heard that. Norton, I don't support that. I don't think anybody at Infowars supports that notion. I've never talked to anybody, and I've spoken to the right of the right in this country, in this movement since getting involved in this political conversation. And they're trying to turn that interaction between this lady and Tucker in Alberta into a call for political violence because they said they wanted to get the guy fired? What does that have to do with violence at all? Meanwhile, the Democratic policy, the policy of the Democratic Party is that as soon as an individual begins to show signs or symptoms of potentially identifying as a gender other than the gender of their birth, they should be sterilized by the state. That's the official policy from the Democrats of what they think is just. Or if we want to use Canada as an example, what was it? 4.1% of all deaths in Canada last year were because of Physician-assisted suicide, I think over 13,000 Canadians died because of this suicide pod. Speaking of a call to violence, if you've ever looked at the ad for these suicide pods, it's about the only ad you've seen in the last 10 years that has only white people in it. The Canadian ad for the suicide pods is all white people really excited to kill themselves because of their cancer. You want to talk about political violence? You want to talk about political violence? How about the 10,000 people crossing the border every single day? I have report after report on this very desk of violence and crime as a result of this, not to mention the terrorist activity that's certainly going to manifest as a result of this policy. You want to talk about political violence? You want to talk about political violence or calls for political violence? Well, they called us insurrectionists and traitors and extremists. We're the only ones who actually got killed on January 6th. The Ashley Babbitts and others. The protesters killed by the government. A government which failed to protect the people or the capital on that day. A government which actually catalyzed the events which took place. If you look at all the evidence, if you read Revolver News or study Darren Beatty's amazing work. It's abundantly obvious that the party of political violence is the Democrats. I mean, look at what Black Lives Matter did to every city in the summer of love. Burning down police precincts, chasing after Kyle Rittenhouse, and then trying to lock him up for murder when he was literally being chased by convicted pedophiles who were coming after him. And everybody still seems to think that he killed black people. Nobody was a person of color who he defended himself against. 
You want to talk about the party of political violence? How about the party that funds Nazis in Ukraine for a perpetual war which should have ended abruptly after it started, but which we have elongated artificially because of our funding and weapons and supplies that we've sent, resulting in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people? You want to talk about political violence? How about the weapons that we left behind in Afghanistan, which wound up in the hands of Hamas, which attacked Israel on October 7th? They knew that was coming. It's done with our weapons. Are you ta- you're telling me we didn't know that that was going to happen on the 50th year anniversary of Yom Kippur? There wasn't going to be a terrorist attack? Come on. We didn't know that they were importing gliders in or that they had our weapons or that Iran was taking the weapons from Afghanistan and selling it or giving it to Hamas? We didn't know. We didn't fund it. You want to talk about political violence? How about the fact that we are funding the defense of Taiwan right now and doing everything we can to provoke Xi Jinping to just take it over because we've allowed this dementia in chief to be president. You want to talk about political violence. They're calling us politically violent. They're calling us evil. The evil MAGA movement from America has no place in Canada. We're the evil ones while you fund every single international conflict that results in perpetual bombings, rapes, murder, human trafficking, money laundering, and corruption at its core. I mean, these people are the epitome of politically violent, of evil. You want to talk about political violence when they're locking people up for decades just for being associated with groups that were at the protest on January 6th, regardless of whether or not these individuals were actually there. You want to talk about political violence. You want to talk about political violence when they take one out of every four dollars that you make in income tax. And if you don't pay it, they seize it. And if you resist, they enforce the law with violence at the end of a gun and they take you in and they lock you up and it's tax evasion. And you're in prison. You want to talk about political violence. They're calling us politically violent. They're calling us extremists, us radical. When they fund every single war, when they open every single border, when they bail out every single domestic terrorist associated with the right political movement, they get arrested at a Black Lives Matter protest, they get bailed out. You want to talk about political violence. They're calling us violent. We are not violent. It's very obvious that we are not violent because if we were violent, this would all be over. And I'm not saying that we should be violent. I don't believe that violence is the means. I don't think it's the way yet. I think that we need to do a number of other things before we even consider any sort of violence. And frankly, I only believe in violence and self-defense. I think it's the only time it's appropriate. But they would know if we were actually politically violent. And calling for someone to be fired is not the same thing as calling for violence upon that person. I want Joe Biden to be fired. I don't want violence upon him. I want Hunter Biden to be charged, prosecuted, found guilty, and imprisoned. But I don't want violence upon him before that, even though he's the most evil person I can think of. Yet they call us politically violent. I can't even think of a right-wing sponsored violent action. I guess maybe the Charleston protest with the guy that ran over the protesters. But that was, that was a, the Charlottesville, thank you. That, that was a rogue guy. It was a rogue act. What about the violence of basically every single mass terrorist activity that happened sponsored by our government in the last 50 years? 
Many of these radical killings and bombings, whether it's the Ted Kaczynski's or others, were as an outcome of MK Ultra, which is a government-sponsored program that screwed up these poor kids and manifest in their insane levels of violence later on down the road in their lives. I want to talk about violence, and they blame the guns. They say, oh, if you want to have a gun, it's because you're violent. It's, guns are the reason for all this violence. I'm telling you, guns are the reason that this country is as free as it is. Now the Democrats are even coming out and proposing a bill to effectively ban militias because they're so concerned with our political violence. Why are they disarming us if we're not being violent? Why are they trying to say that we can't have our own militias, that we can't actually defend ourselves? Why are they trying to neuter us every step of the way? Why are they trying to control all of our money, all of our food, all of our businesses, all of our time, all of our property, and ensure that we can't do anything about it? We can't say anything about it. Otherwise, we'll be banned from social media or imprisoned. We can't show up to protest or assemble. Otherwise, we're part of a terrorist uh, organization and we get recode. We can't vote for the candidate we want to vote for because they're going to remove that person from the ballot or that person's going to be a criminal, right? And they're going to persecute him and prosecute him. Now they want to take our guns away. I mean, basically, they are systematically attacking every single right that our founding fathers fought for, every single right that we were given by God himself at birth. And they're calling us violent while they do it. This is the worst instance of gaslighting I think I've ever seen in the history of a political conversation. More on the other side. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the new world order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Just fired up a space on X. Make sure you join there if you want. We're going to take calls. Oh, in the next 30 minutes or so, we'll start taking calls. I'll put out the number in a little bit, but there's more news to cover. So I wanted to get into the story about Democrats proposing a bill to effectively ban militias. So a pair of Democrat lawmakers introduced a bill that would effectively outlaw militias in the United States. Senator Ed Markey, Democrat from Massachusetts, and Representative Jamie Raskin, introduced the Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act on the anniversary of the January 6th Capitol protest. Now, keep in mind, 
I don't think any of the organizations that were at the January 6th insurrection were actually armed. Obviously, there was the intelligence community-sponsored pipe bomb, but they haven't identified whose that was. And I think Darren Beatty might actually be onto something when he says that it was the government's all along. But the bill seeks to limit most militia activity, creating criminal penalties for people who engage in certain conduct, including intimidating elected officials. It's already a crime. Why do you have to have a bill for that? Interfering with government proceedings, already a crime, obviously. You're putting everybody in prison for January 6th. And pretending to be law enforcement, also already a crime. So what is this for? It's obviously not for those three things that are claimed. It must be for something else. Otherwise, they wouldn't be wasting their time writing it. Marky claimed the bill will prevent another January 6th incident while citing fake news about the events that transpired. Quote, three years ago, white supremacists affiliated with paramilitary organizations stormed the U.S. Capitol, shattering windows, walls, and the families of five U.S. Capitol police officers, Senator Markey said in a news release earlier this month. So, first of all, they're saying that this new legislation is going to prevent another January 6th from happening, but, but they've already prosecuted everybody from January 6th because it was already illegal. So... <laughs> fact of the matter is folks they don't want anybody organizing for a common defense because they want total control over every aspect of our lives and they don't want us to be able to do anything about it it's as simple as that and we know that the vast majority of gun violence in this country occurs with small arms in between gangs or criminals or people who know each other it's not this sort of random mass shooting phenomenon that adds up to all the gun violence in the nation. It's not January 6th protests or hate crimes against someone because of their race or ethnicity or religion or sexual orientation or gender identity. The mass amount, the, the, the vast majority of gun violence occurs it's gang related. It's, it's, it's crime on crime. It's people who know each other. It's, it's in the inner cities between these poor communities who have a culture of crime and violence. So why is it that they're coming after the malicious? Something that's explicitly protected in the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. Well, it's because they know that the political climate in this country is about to get even hairier. And they don't want anybody coming together for the common defense. They want to make sure that they have complete control over the political dynamic in this country, and they don't want anybody doing anything like declaring themselves independent or defending themselves or organizing together to protest. They want to ensure that we are all unarmed, silenced, compliant, and working so that we can give everything that we earn over to them. It's as simple as that. And they're keeping the border wide open so we can import as many new people as possible into the country to live the same enslaved, subjugated lifestyle that we are living and that we have succumbed to. I'm going to show clip one here in a second. Apparently, anybody who comes out against this open border is a bigot similar to those who opposed school integration after the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed. Let's run clip one and see what Joy Reid had to say about this immigration debate. And 
And very quickly, this massive resistance, it sounds like the old Southerners who said that we will resist integration by any means necessary, that Chip Roy language. How does that read inside of the Latino community? I mean, it's it's very it's very simple. You no, know, if you're the Republican Party, you're you're allegedly the party of laws and order, and you're essentially telling local authorities to break the law. You no, know, so I think once again going into this image of you know who is the party of law and order and who is the party for democracy, I think that's where we all have to highlight the hypocrisy, regardless of the politics. They're essentially telling people to break the law. The party of democracy. I don't know how it is that you can run for office in this country, swear an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States of America, which doesn't mention the word democracy once, and then advocate for a different form of government than the form of government the United States is supposed to be after you've sworn an oath not to change the form of government of the United States. It doesn't make any sense to me how they get away with it. And it's ultimately just indicative of the fact that they don't care what's actually constitutional. They don't care what's actually true. All they care about is manipulating the psychology of their constituents. They want to make sure that the people are as dependent as possible on the government so they can justify ever expanding that government. And that ensures their power forever until every individual is rendered powerless in this country and relies on the political class for everything in such a state of desperation that they will give anything for even a modicum of relief of their suffering. That's where we're at. And I don't understand how it is that people fall for it. I mean, maybe everybody's too stressed out or too busy to pay attention. Maybe I'm just a special type of person. Maybe the listeners out there are just special people. Maybe the crew here is just a certain personality type where we're irked by corruption and so we pay hyper close attention to what the political elite are doing which makes us privy to information that the general public isn't but i don't understand how it is that we go from a revolutionary war over a two percent tax on tea or whatever it was we declare independence over a tea tax among other things of course i know and then now one out of every four days that you work, you work for the federal government. We're on the brink of going to war basically with the world because all of the money that you do pay in your sort of enslaved, subjugated state to the federal government is funding these international conflicts. And then our own border is left wide open while we fund the protection of everybody else's border. And no crimes are... Are, are prosecuted in our judicial system if it's a crime against you, if your house is robbed, if you're robbed, burglarized. Likelihood of actually going after that guy and catching the guy who did it is totally low. And the politician that you want to vote for is perhaps not even going to be on the ballot if the Democrats get their way. I don't think they will, but that's what they're trying. And basically, we've gotten to a point where you can't say what you want to say, otherwise you'll be censored. You can't spend your own money because it's being taxed. Now they're trying to track the other money that you have with this new digital currency so they can totally control what you spend, when, how. You can't do what you want with your time. You can't spend your money how you want. You can't say what you want. You can't vote for who you want. And if you complain about it, you'll go to prison or be falsely accused or prosecuted or persecuted. They don't want you to have a gun to defend yourself. And if someone attacks you, they're not going to bring justice to that person. 
So we basically have no rights, and the government does everything except for the things that it's supposed to do. And everybody's sort of cool with it. Everybody's just using their turn signal, driving to work. Everybody's just watching their Netflix or their HBO. Everybody's playing on their little Nintendo Switch. Everybody's trying to get the high score, having a great time. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for having a good time. I have a good time all all the time. But how can you truly enjoy yourself and live life knowing that every right that we ever had is is gone? I mean, people think that they have healthcare in this country because it's mandatory to have health insurance, but it's more expensive now than ever. I mean, we are totally enslaved by the government which promised to set us free. More on the other side, folks. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the Real Red Pill Plus is pregnenolone which occurs naturally in our body, but decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The Real Red Pill Plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The Supercharged Special. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. We're going to start taking calls here in a few minutes and open up the spaces on X as well to get some feedback. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. Let the crew screen some of those calls and let some people request to speak here on the space and cover some more news in the meantime. So talking about this sort of globalist trend among our political class, I I, I just have to show you this clip of Trudeau reaffirming his commitment to Ukraine. This is clip number five. It's just a minute long. I can't believe that the leader of any nation for their first conversation of a year would reaffirm their commitment to another nation than the one that they have actually been elected to represent. Let's go ahead and run five. 
My very first call this year was with Volodymyr Zelensky, who wanted to know that Canada still stood with him, that Canadians still stood with him. And I told him, yes, we do. The Canadian government and most of the parties in the House will continue to stand with him. But Pierre Polyev and his conservatives chose to vote against support for Ukraine, calling it a faraway foreign land to appease Putin apologists like Tucker Carlson and those who enable him. While he does that, we have people like Yvonne Baker and Mark Gerritsen (laughs) who are showing our liberal government won't back down when it comes to standing up to bullies and fighting for democracy at home and around the world. He's literally just complaining about somebody who's got a giant X account. That's it. I mean, all Tucker Carlson is, is a person with opinions and a giant audience. He's got no formal authority. He's not an official pundit anymore on any major network. He's not a politician. He's not a bureaucrat. He holds no office. And all Justin Trudeau can do is complain about Tucker Carlson. I tell you what, if you are in a position of formal authority where you're elected and you actually have real power, official power, and you're complaining about someone who has informal authority, no actual power, only influence that has been given to them by millions of people because of their integrity, then that's a serious problem. If you actually have real political power because of an office you hold and your biggest threat in your mind is someone who has no political power, just opinions... That's a big problem. I mean, look, Martin Luther King, informal authority. No real power, but was a leader because people chose to follow him. Jesus Christ, no formal authority. I mean, obviously son of God, but this is just a guy that spoke the truth that performed miracles and people followed him. They chose to follow him, right? So Caesar's freaked out. Pilate's freaked out. Pharisees are freaked out. You don't ever want to be a formal authority complaining about the influence of an informal authority. The reason the informal authority is so powerful is because you have abused your formal authority. Let's hear from Timothy Lastly in the uh, space here. Timothy, can you unmute? Oh, looks like I'm not able to hear him. Uh, we're having that same glitch that we were having before. The crew. So I'm going to disconnect from the, uh, the Bluetooth here, and I'm going to reconnect to see if we can actually get him, get him back on here. Give me a second here, Timothy. All right, try it again. Try it again. Mic check. Yeah, how's it going? Great. Sound great. That's all I had to do is reconnect. Fantastic. Good morning, America. Uh, Chase, thank you very much for filling in for Harrison. Harrison, I hope your family feels better. Uh, America, um, Dr. Francis Boyle went on InfoWars first and told the world that airborne HIV was released by Fauci. And be really cool if InfoWars, the archivist, could get all those clips together because I want to I want to share that with the world so that we're reminded exactly what's going on. Long COVID is nothing but a airborne HIV. God bless. Wow, fascinating. You know, I haven't looked I haven't looked into that enough to to know any of the details about it. Of course, I've I've heard some of these these rumors and and murmurings around it. I'd be interested to hear if anybody else in the space has some opinions on that. I do think that a lot of the long COVID is actually caused by the the vaccines for sure. So my dad, for example, despite ha- me telling him time and time again not to get any of the vaccines, especially not the mRNA vaccines, got the vaccines for 
work reasons. So they could, he could go to meetings and things like that. And he was diagnosed with long COVID because he had COVID. But really, I think that the, uh, the side effects that he was experiencing were as a result of the vaccines. What do you think, Timothy? It's very possible that it's both. I think it's a binary weapon system. I think that the, they released it and then they needed the vaccine to actually amplify it. And I think that they're also using 5G technology, cell phones, the gambit, the full gambit. See, every act of government is an act of political violence towards humanity, every single act. And that's what they're doing. So I wouldn't put it past them. And it's up to us to drop our sheepish kind of understanding of the world. Like, oh, they never do it to us. But they're actually, they actually did it. And they're putting a smile on their face and telling us that it's just turbo cancer. So, so yeah. So is your opinion um, that, that we shouldn't have any government at all or just small government? No, my opinion is, is that we have full accountability in government. In fact, if anything, we could do exit interviews and then find out how much corruption. This is uh, from Tin Man from the TMI show. We could do exit interviews and find out exactly how much corruption has taken place in their tenure and then charge them accordingly. Or we can put shock collars on them. Like my idea, like actual, like if they violate the constitution, let's put some shock collars on them. We're at that state where we need actual fail safes in order to protect the entire planet's population. Sorry, but we are. Yeah. I'm with you. Raymond, what do you think? I've had to use the speaker. Chase, thank you very much. I appreciate everybody in this space. This is great. I'm glad you're making great use of that space. This is beautiful. Um, this whole COVID thing is, I don't know. I, I, I believe we're beyond the COVID situation and getting to bigger, scarier things uh, that, are, that are coming up across mm -hmm. the border. Uh, you know, yeah, I think who can really speak up on this that's got super eyes on the ground that's in spaces right now is beyond the mask in April. They've even had running with Border Patrol and everything else. They can really tell you, like, what's going on with everything, everything. I appreciate your time. Take care. Thanks for speaking, Raymond. Christy, I added you as a speaker as well. But before we go to you, Christy, let's, let's, hear, let's hear from uh, Beyond the Mask. What's up? Of course. Hey, how you doing, Chase? Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for having us on, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, this whole vaccine thing, I think it's all a, a ploy. Uh, my wife was actually vaccine injured from, uh, what year was it? 1981. 1981 from a DPT shot. DPT shot. I'm sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, she has Guillain-Barre. So, yeah, uh, these vaccines, man, even though they say they're all for health and stuff, uh, they're really not, you know, it's just they put it out there to, to deteriorate our body and just to, to, to get rid of us. I mean, we're the new, uh, we're, we're cattle to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, it's what a great way for them to make money to treat you for an illness that you don't have and say that you won't get it. Let's hear from Christy. Christy, what do you think? Hi, Chase. Thank you so much for letting me have the opportunity to speak. You're what welcome. are we talking about? The uh, COVID test? Yeah, we've been talking and about the COVID that's coming. Yes, yes. Um, I would say, for my perspective, and I believe what Beyond is saying about what her, his wife is doing, and I feel sorry for you, Beyond, about um, about your wife. You know, in pain right now. I'm sorry, buddy. I feel bad for your wife. Tell her that I'm praying for her, okay, Beyond. But anyway, like I was saying, um, go ahead, Beyond. What were you gonna say? I was just say thank you for those prayers. 
Yeah, not a problem. Just let her know I, I care about her, and of course I'll be thinking of her. Anyway, um, I just want to say, Chase, that I think that this new COVID shot about what Beyond is saying is absolutely not for sure happening down here, but I just hope that this COVID season goes away for my family and for the rest of my friends and my life that I have coming up, you know, for the future. Um, but no, I just think that this COVID season is a horrible idea, Chase, and I'm 100% on board with what you guys are going with and what you guys are going to come up with to help us. And I just want to say thank you, Chase, for having me on here. And let's work together as a team, everybody, and let's try to get over this COVID season if we can and try not to get everybody sick. And if we have to be shut down again here in California and where everybody lives, let's just deal with it. Because you know what? There's no big deal for us to get sick out there, right, Chase? That's right. Thank you so much for, for speaking on that. And I think you had some great points there. We do have to come up to a commercial break here because we are live on the air on Terrestrial Radio as well on InfoWars. You can check us out at InfoWars.com forward slash show. We're streaming the video version of this as well on the InfoWars X account. And uh, obviously this space is running, but we'll be back in just a few minutes after this break to have more speakers come forward as well as take calls from the old school traditional landline. In the meantime, make sure you guys visit InfoWars.com or InfoWarsStore.com to be the reason we are still on the air by supercharging your body's defenses with some of the great deals that they have available to customers. I'm not on Team NFL. I'm not on Team NBA. I'm not on Team Olympics. I'm not on Team Globalist or wokeism in the New World Order. I'm on Team Humanity, ladies and gentlemen, that loves God and loves our families and loves humanity and knows that we're destined to do even more incredible things than we've already done together. And so, inspired by my conversation with Elon Musk recently, where he agreed with my idea to call it Team Humanity, we've launched two limited edition t-shirts at InfoWarsStore.com. Let people know that, hey, it isn't about the football games or it isn't even about the UFC. It's about Team Humanity being under globalist attack. You can wear it. It's a great conversation starter. And you know it's supporting the InfoWar that is at the very tip of the spear in the fight for Team Humanity. Get your limited edition Team Humanity t-shirts right now at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you. 